Welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, our Tuesday show, recapping still week seven of the NFL. Paul joined alongside Jack Weinberger, Robert Ziggy Ziegler at the University of Virginia, and Zach Bloomquist, the best executive producer in the game, who is still recovering from that Eagles-Dolphins game last night. Zach was complaining. Eh, complaining might not be the right word, but he was, he was just very sad walking into the studio today for, for a good reason. Yeah, it was yeah. a big loss. I couldn't blame him. But it kind of went the way we expected, right? I mean, to, to some degree. Like, we talked about... Yeah, I mean, I had the Eagles. Yeah, I, we we actually all had the Dolphins, but I think that was more a result of fandom rather than actual expectations. We'll get into it a little bit. We'll talk Eagles-Dolphins. We're going to go over the Packers' loss to the Broncos. Not looking good in Green Bay right now. Some questions. Really hurts the show, too. Yeah, it really it does hurt the show. You know what? It's fans. classic Packers, though. As soon as it starts to help us... They decide to just decide lose, to lose yeah, yeah, four Packers. or five games, and and now we can't get uh, any Packers fan base again. Broncos, man. Brutal. Some Chargers-Chiefs talk, and a little bit at the end. Who's our last one here on the notes? Steelers. Steelers. Rams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your Steelers. Your Steelers. Oh, uh, we have some takes on the Steelers. Our Super Bowl contending Steelers. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. But the headliner, the Sunday night football game, was the Dolphins-Eagles. Eagles win 31-17, and it was really a game of speed versus power. That's the way I viewed those two teams. The Dolphins can attack you in so many ways. They do it quickly most of the time. The Eagles, they like these long drives, and they just bully you. Um, you t- look at the Eagles' defense. They held the Miami offense to just 10 points in this game. Now, to be fair, Tyreek did drop what should have been a touchdown during the game. But in the first half, Miami, negative seven rushing yards, only 43 passing yards in the first half before that late touchdown drive with just a unbelievably beautiful ball from Tua to Tyreek Hill in the back of the end zone. It's, it's fun watching the Miami offense. And something that you talked about, Zach, a huge a huge impactor on the game was the 10 penalties for the Dolphins versus zero for the Eagles. It was just the seventh time in the history of football that one team was penalized 10 times and the opponent was penalized zero. It was, it was kind of weird. There were definitely some calls that Philly got lucky to get away with, but I know you were complaining about that during the game. That was, that was a, little, a little bizarre. But let's get into it here. My takeaway on Philadelphia in this game is this unit is they're just so imposing from a physical standpoint, the offensive line, Jalen hurts, AJ Brown. There's so many different people, part of the Eagles offense, the defense, we know how good they are, but this Eagles offense, they're just bigger. They're stronger than you and they're built for playoff football. And it was not more evident to me than the 13 play 83 yard touchdown drive that they had following to his interception when the game was 24, 17, Tua threw up that duck to Darius Slay. And then after that, there was the P.I. Eagle- on that. Just put it yeah. in no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it. There was P.I. on that. But just Ziffy. watching Philadelphia Ziffy. on that drive, two fourth down conversions with the brotherly shove. Six minutes, 35 seconds chewed off the clock. We've seen them do this so many times this year. I've written down here against the Vikings. 15 play, 44-yard, nine-minute drive. That basically ended that game. Against the Buccaneers, 15 play, 68-yard drive. Nine minutes, 22 seconds off the clock. That literally ended that game. There's so many many times during this season where the Eagles get the ball and just take your will out of the out of question. And it's, it's, it's really impressive. They're one of the few teams in the league that can do it. But my takeaway from this was Philadelphia did not play their best game, and they still beat a really good Dolphins team. So my question to you guys is, is this the Philly team that Eagles fans have been waiting for? Because we still a lot of people think that they're still waiting to break out. I didn't see it last night, but did you guys? I mean, I, I, I still think that the Eagles played a very good game because the Dolphins are a top five team in the league, and that's pretty obvious to most people. I think it's just a fact. They're a very good team. The Eagles played a flawless game. Like you said, zero penalties. It was a close game most of the way. And the Eagles found a way to get the job done by multiple scores on their home field. They defended their home turf in a primetime game. I don't really think that you can ask for a whole lot more to win 31-17 against a second-best team in the AFC. Okay. How about you, Ziggy? The way I see the Seagull team, there are things that are going to go wrong for them almost every game. That's just inevitable for any NFL team, right? I mean, it's pretty shocking, but the two most impactful plays this game, two most impactful negative plays, both happened for the Eagles, right? There was that uh, tipped pick six 
the Jalen Hurts strip sack, like both of those plays put them in a much worse position. Yep. But the stat that stands out to me for the Eagles this game that encapsulates what this team does versus a team like the Dolphins, fourth down. Eagles were four for four. Dolphins were zero for two. And when you are consistently converting fourth downs, that's going to give you a massive advantage. Now, you talked about size, right? This Dolphins team is just not equipped to convert fourth downs. That's not what they do, right? They're there for 60-yard touchdowns, not for six-inch shoves. So, like, when Tyreek, <laughs> the longest play that's really positive for you tonight is a 29-yard Tyreek Hill touchdown. That sounds good, but it's not going to be enough to win. So, I'm a fan of the Eagles. I like what they're doing. But if they could take those mistakes away... I don't mean a fan of the sense. Like I, I like what the team looks like this year. Oh, I think okay. they're good. I, 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 I got caught off guard there for a second. I was about to flip out. No, no, no. I'm just I'm a fan of the way they play the game. Right. Like one advantage I think people don't pay a lot of attention to is the fact that they're able to like take advantage of these plays and consistently convert on fourth downs helps them. It almost forces them to make the correct decision. You should be going for it much more often than the NFL than most teams do. The Eagles know it and they actually do it. It's the kind of thing that lets them put together those nine-minute drives you were talking about, Paul. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, I think this team is starting to find its identity. They want to grind you out and use their consistency to make up for the occasional mistake. I thought that Jalen Hurts still had a couple big turnovers in this game, which some people think it's a problem. I don't. I think he's just fine. He responded 10 of 13, 115 yards, a touchdown, three rushing first downs, two touchdown drives right after that pick six. So he he responded brilliantly to that. But a lot of times with the Eagles, and I agree with you completely, Ziggy, they make plays when they have to. If it's on fourth down, they always seem to find the open guy. I'm thinking about the touchdown or the near touchdown to A.J. Brown. I was on a fourth and three where Hurts scrambled out right, looked like the play was dead, and he just makes something happen. In the red zone, you said last night, four for five scoring touchdowns, they feel almost unstoppable down there because they can get you in so many ways. They have Brown. They have Devontae Smith. DeAndre Swift has been awesome this year. There's so many ways they can attack you. And once they get down the field, that's where you see the size really come into play. I I think that this was one of those games where you saw them get closer to what they can be, but still with a banged up Jalen Hurts, it's crazy to say, but the, the ceiling's even higher for this Eagles team. And it's they're 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 to me a very clear NFC championship caliber team. They're they're now ready to start competing for the Super Bowl again. I thought a big part of this game was when Jalen Hurst threw that pick six and it was 17 all. That's a, a big time momentum swing for Miami. And then Philly just comes right down and answers it and goes at 24 17. Yeah. Like right off the bat. The like next the, two drives, they, they score touchdowns. Yeah, touchdown, touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was impressive. a great game for them. And one more note here on the Eagles AJ Brown tied Calvin Johnson with his fifth straight game of 125 or more receiving yards. He's he's been if you haven't been watching what AJ Brown's doing this season, uh, he's been unbelievable. Go check your fantasy uh, your fantasy app. His numbers have just been off the charts here. Uh, he's unstoppable right now. That's Eagles offense. Once and that, let's move over to Miami now. And ask a question, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. This is about Miami. So going into this game, Tua Tungavaiola was the odds-on MVP favorite. After this game, he is the second odds-on MVP favorite. Can anyone explain to me why this is? Like, I'm not saying he's bad, but I guess as good as the Dolphins offense has been, I feel like tonight showed a lot of the problems with them, or last night, rather. Namely, that, like, they're reliant on big plays from the runners. They're reliant on big plays from the receivers after the catch. I don't right know. Now, is Mahomes number one at the moment? Yeah. Mahomes is going to win. I told everyone plus you 650 I, was I absurd. I still think two was a top three MVP candidate. With Lamar in there? Yeah. Pro- yeah. I mean, Tyreek should also be in that consideration. I don't know who right two, now. three should be. It's probably two or Lamar in any order, but I think two is a top three. Ziggy, the, the way I would view it is that people still think the Dolphins have a very good chance at the one seed, and whoever ends up with the one seed, that kind of gives you an extra boost in that MVP race. Whether or not that's the, the right call, that's probably part of the impact there. So I'd imagine that people are still bullish on the Dolphins the rest of this year, and they still have that, but we'll talk about it a little later. They have a big game coming up in two weeks they'll have a chance to prove themselves again against elite competition. I, one thing I was looking again, at with Miami. Not in Miami. Yeah. Again, not in Miami. Just not in Miami, but not again. but not in Kansas City either. So at least you're on a neutral field. Oh, yeah. It's better than being on the road. Wait, wait where? Oh, that gives a long That's the Germany game. Oh, Germany. The Germany game. Oh, that's a, that's a sick game. Yeah. The big issue that a lot of people had with the Dolphins coming into this week, for the people who were concerned about Miami, was they asked, could they beat good teams? 
We saw you like book it with Trent, right? Then he said his reasoning for them losing was oh, Miami Trent, can't beat Trent good teams. Had, uh, the Eagles, he said Dolphins are fake good and can't beat anybody <laughs> good. So their five <laughs> wins this year come against teams with an eight and twenty-five record. It's the Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, and Panthers. Their two losses are against the Bills and Eagles, both by fourteen plus points. Those teams combined for a ten and four record on the season. People are starting to ask how legitimate of a contender are the Dolphins when it seems like time after time they lose these big games. And as, as Zach's like shaking his head, I think the Dolphins are really exciting and super fun to watch. Really good team. But they haven't won one of these big games since Baltimore and Buffalo last year. And I think it's worth asking the question, are they, are, can they go up to against the good teams and challenge them? We're going to see a lot of these, these memes, you know, fraud alert, potential fraud, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I think that last night, as crazy or stupid as it may sound, last night to me kind of showed that the Dolphins can play with pretty much anybody because they had 10 penalties, pretty undisciplined for the most part. But it was not a 14-point game. We're giving the Eagles all these flowers, and for good reason, they're a very good team. But it was on the road. It was at night. The game was 24-17. The Dolphins marched down the field into the red zone, and unfortunately, Tua throws a pick. But that could have been 24 to 24 with, what, five minutes left? That's Like 10 minutes that's left. Anybody's game. Game. If most teams go on the road yesterday, Philly wins 30, 34 to nothing. The Dolphins are a very good team that made few too many mistakes, and that's what cost them. Oh, and if, if most teams go on the road with three injured offensive linemen, yep. your top two corners out, your star breakout right, rookie running back yeah. out. Yeah, like nobody's talking about the injuries either. Everyone, fair enough, is talking about the Eagles' size. But boy, do you really mean to tell me that if Connor Williams and Taryn Arnstead and Isaiah Wynn and Devin A. Chain or a chain and Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard were playing, that the game wouldn't have looked a little different? You overcome negative. Did you say Ramsey too? Yeah, Ramsey yeah, and Howard. Like Ram, like Ram, yeah, sorry, Ramsey. Then uh, he's coming back as well. He can but come you, back this week. You overcome what negative ten rushing yards in the first half, ten penalties, and it's a seven point game with five minutes left. I, I I know I set up the question as if I was coming in on the other side, but I, I do agree with you guys. The missed opportunities for the Dolphins. We were talking about right before the show, the opening drive. Tyreek had a touchdown called back because of a holding penalty. Then later on in the game, he had the drop touchdown. I know they had the interception right after. But even on that drive late in the game when Tua threw the pick to Slay, think about what led up to that. On first down, you had the the miscue between Ahmed and uh, Tua when Tua slid down. They lost like three yards. Next play, bad snap, and Tua had to just throw it out to Tyreek. Like all of that leads into there's just so many mistakes that the Dolphins made last night in big situations. And I know that they were fortunate enough to get a couple of big turnovers in the game, but if they can clean up their act a bit and then, yeah, have some of those injured guys come back, I, I thought that they played a good football game. There's so much to improve on, but as a, if I were a Dolphins fan, I'm not looking at this saying, oh, geez, yeah, we really can't beat a good team. You know, I mean, the, the, the Philly was, nobody was going to beat them last night. Philly was off a loss to the Jets. Now they're coming home. They were not going to lose yesterday. And the the... The Dolphins, this whole narrative about not being able to beat a good team, I think it's a little, little bit blown out of proportion. Because if they play the Eagles again, it's not a, it's a neutral field. They could beat them in a, super, in a Super Bowl potential matchup. Do you think there's a mental component to this, that they're going into these games like in the back of their heads? Like When does it become a storyline that could mess with you a little bit? Because it's happened a lot. Even though we all agree they can beat the best teams in the league, it ha- it's been what... Since Buff, since Buffalo and Baltimore last year, that they've done it, right? Is that is that right, Zach? This is true. I'm just but thinking what? back to the, the Bengals game last year. Tua got hurt. In the no, Tua got hurt, but then I think San Francisco they got mauled. Even the Charger game last year is a pretty big game. They lost that. They're all on the road. Did that Tua is finish that game. The Charger game, I believe he did. Charger, a Sunday night. They won in game. LA this year. They did. They did. Did he finish that? I, don't think, I think he did finish that game. Well, they, look, I mean, the Dolphins are going to have plenty of opportunities, right? They go to they go to Germany in a couple weeks to play Kansas City. You know, they're going to get to play the Bills again. They're going to get to host the Cowboys. They're going to get to go to Baltimore. So there's lots of opportunities for them to overcome this narrative before the playoffs hits. I actually think the Kansas City game could wind up 
determining the Dolphins Super Bowl chances this year. That's it's crazy to put that much weight on one game, but let's just say that they wind up as the one. I still think Buffalo will sneak in and win the AFC East. I'm, I'm rooting for the Dolphins. We're winning that game. I, I hope so, right I, dude. I'm I'm rooting for you guys. If the Dolphins are the two and the Chiefs are the one, I don't see the Dolphins going into Kansas City and winning that game. No, me neither. This is your chance. It's not at home, but you're lucky. It's not on the road either. You need to go and beat Kansas City. This is one. This is your chance. Separate yourself from what you've been in the past and win that football game. And all of a sudden, the Super Bowl is really on in Miami. Yeah. And the Eagles defense is also super elite as well. Oh, it's great. It's I mean, a great it's, it's, That was going to be a tough game to win. You know what I'm waiting for, Ziggy, from Miami? And I, I feel I feel like once it, this happens, they could even elevate higher. What are you looking for, Paul? I want to know when Jalen Waddle's going to start showing up in these games. Same, he's he, he was, he's, he's been good. And he's been banged up, so you have to acknowledge the injuries. But Chris Collinsworth mentioned last night when he and Tyreek Hill are both on the field together, it's a completely different offense because their speed, the two of them combined, it's not. there's no one else like it in the league. The two of them need to be on the field together. So injuries have been a concern, but he also hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game this year. Tyreek is setting on his track to set records, and Waddle... I'm still waiting for him. He had a couple big catches after he came back in the game. But once they could get him integrated more, I, I mean, A-Chain will come back. You, like the, the offense is going to be fine. I think there's another level to it that we haven't even seen this year. I mean, it's, Which it's, is scary to think about. It's kind of hard not to throw Tyreek Hill the ball every time when he seems to be open by like nine yards. Isn't every, it? He's, he's unbelievable. I, mean, it is, I watch him. I'm like, how is this even possible? I've never seen anything like it, really. He's unbelievable. He has 428 yards on deep passes this year. No one else in the league has more than 250. He has 900 yards through seven games. But doesn't it feel sometimes, Ziggy, when you watch them, do you ever feel like it's too reliant on Tyreek Hill at times? No. No? No, I don't think it is. I mean, look, this this is like asking if you, <laughs> like the, those 2018 or 2019 Titans were too reliant on Derrick Henry. When you have a player who is that's why they didn't. That's win. not that Derrick Henry was not the problem. No, 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 Look, no, no. I'm not saying that's a problem. That's what I'm saying. Like Jalen Waddle stepping up, and when A Chain was there, like that's when when they only have Tyreek making plays. That's when I start to go. All right, like need a little need someone else to step up. I don't know when you have a player like Tyreek Hill who can just yeah relatively easily. No, but I'm saying like. There are a few players in the NFL, not very many, only a couple, that can just single-handedly take over the game. When Tyreek Hill is hot, he's uncoverable yeah, and untackleable. So, yeah, as long and he's been hot almost every single game this season. So, like, the Eagles game was unfortunate, but they don't need to redesign the offense to get other people the ball. No, no, no. I'm not. You know the comment section is going to turn into, like, who's this idiot who thinks you should stop throwing to Tyreek Hill? <laughs> I'm just saying that I just want J- Jalen Waddle no, no, to get I, more and, involved and in look, the offense. I, I, I agree with you. Because Jalen Waddle's second, dynamic yeah. as well. The second Jalen Waddle gets healthy, he'll be in, yeah. as involved in the offense as he wants. Because yeah. he's astronomically dynamic. Which is, I mean, almost same level as Tyreek. Who's this moron in the backwards hat saying stop throwing to Tyreek? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. I just want to no, see Jalen Waddle step I up I know again. what you're saying. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens in two weeks in Germany. Next week, you guys have New England at home. That's right. We do. Yeah. Do. Do, you, do you have any thoughts on this before we move on to the Packers? Cause, yeah. uh, no, no good thoughts. No good thoughts. Well, what's a bad thought that's in your head right now? I hated the refs. Oh. I hated every single minute of it. Yeah, I wouldn't face the face, face mask, mask was really bad. bad. There were a couple was, bad calls. There was the officiating the was, was bad, right? Yeah, I saw one pass. missed hold, like blatant yeah, missed hold. There was a lot of missed holds. There, there, I, there was like a blatant missed offsides. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Dolphins will be coming back, though. I will say, how many sacks did we get yesterday? I, I thought our front four actually played like... I thought Phillips was awesome. Yeah, I thought Phillips was great. I thought Chubb finally kind of showed up a little bit. You know Phillips had the first sack against Lane Johnson since 2020? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah, it's, no, yeah, it's ridiculous. This is why Dolphins fans shouldn't be too worried, right? The defense looks better almost every single week. The offense will get healthy and start playing a little bit better. It is way too early to be discounting what the Dolphins have shown through seven games this season. Oh, you said it. The star power that was missing between the offensive linemen, A-Chain, Waddle being out for a good portion of the game, the two corners, it's it's a completely different Dolphins team. There's seven different people right there, at least seven. So Dolphins fans shouldn't panic. You still you still have them as your number two team in the league, right? Did in the AFC, yeah. In the AFC? Okay, yep. okay, in the AFC. Ziggy, what, how about you? Do you have them still in that top three? 
I still have him winning the AFC. I'm not backing off this take. It's very pro Dolphins podcast. It's fine by me. I got Chiefs Dolphins one two. Okay, all right. Packers Broncos. After dominating the Bears in Week One, we all sat back here and said, "Oh crap!" Like, here we go again with another Packers legend at quarterback with Jordan Love. Yeah, but here coming all the Packers fans to support our. They were all the Packers, and you know, very generous of them too. Yeah, very nice. We do support that. Uh, They're nice people. Most I, of our subs are like, Packers. Yeah, we like Packers fans. They're they're good people. I don't like the Packers. But now, one and four in their past five games. Jordan Love has regressed a little bit. It doesn't look so hot. Uh, Packers offense has been non-existent in the first half. Did you Do you know how many points they scored the last four games in the first half combined? Ten. Six. Oh, my gosh. Six points. Shut out against Denver. This Denver team was last in point, or it currently is still, last in points per game allowed and last in yards per game. A good portion of that has to do with you guys, Zach, hanging like a thousand yards and a hundred points on them a few weeks ago. But still in the first first half this year, the Packers are averaging 5.2 points. Second half, they turn on, they've been okay with 20.8, but this was supposed to be a get right spot for them. After the loss to, to Las Vegas last week, this was supposed to be your opportunity. I'm sorry, the two weeks ago with the bye week, this was supposed to be an opportunity to go and beat up on a Denver team who a lot of people think is one of the worst, if not the worst team in football. And for three quarters, you are non-existent. You don't see anything coming from this team. The defense is okay. They, they held them under 20 points, but a lot of inopportune big plays allowed for Denver. It's, it's just taking too long for this Packer offense to get going in games, and they're making too many big mistakes. Um, most notably, one of the biggest mistakes of the game, and I'll throw it over to you, Ziggy. One of the biggest mistakes of the game, I thought, was on their opportunity to go for the game-winning drive. Elton Jenkins is called for a holding penalty, taking them out from where the ball would have been a little bit inside the 40. And all of a sudden, now you're looking at the third and 20. Love throws another game-ending interception. And just like that, you're sitting here at 2-4 and four on the season and possibly looking for a new quarterback next year, depending on how the rest of this year goes. Ziggy, what were your takeaways from another Packers loss? I'm starting to worry quite a bit about this team because I just don't understand Hell yeah. how with two weeks to prepare... You come out against the worst defense by far in the NFL and put up zero points in the first half. Like you're supposed to have, and I think LaFleur is good, but you're supposed to have this like offensive savant as your head coach and he can't get a single scoring play against the worst defense in the NFL with two weeks to prepare. I mean, the rushing offense was okay, but that's against the Broncos. This doesn't count. You know, the first half, Jordan Love is what? He was 10 for 13 for 45 yards. 47 yards, excuse me. Like, there's just, there's there's nothing to be said here. The special teams is bad. The rushing defense is bad. The passing defense is bad. Like, this is a team, I remember I was reading from a Packers columnist. He said, don't panic. Things are going to be okay. He said this last week. Unless they lose to the Broncos, I'm not going to expect anyone in the building to start talking about tanking and getting a new quarterback. Well, they lost. Love looked bad. I don't think he's shown you nearly enough this season to think he's the guy of the future. All those I love love shirts that Packers fans bought might be getting burned for <laughs> Caleb Williams jerseys. I uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers made Matt LaFleur look good. Um, but I do too. That's another. Yeah. My takeaway here is that this team is, is horrible. And I am a big advocate for... horrible, Like a horrible team or underperforming team? Uh, they're pretty bad. Okay. At least from what I've seen. I mean, you look at the schedule. They've played, what, the Bears, the Falcons, the Saints, the Lions, the Raiders, and the Broncos, and they're two and four. And they were lucky That's, to beat the Saints. Like, they got lucky yeah. to beat the Saints. Saints were mauling them. They had a nice comeback. Uh, oh, they should have lost the Saints. Yeah. They, so they should have beat the Falcons, too. So you're right. You could, you could argue yeah. those. But, this, but I mean, those are, those are bottom feeder teams, except the Lions. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big advocate for when you play a bad game, it, it all depends how you can bounce back and how you perform and how you look the next week. They lost to the Raiders. The Raiders are horrendous. Fine. The Raiders almost beat you guys, by the way. No, no, no. We had a 60.4 clue. I don't want... We're not enough of that. They just lost to who? Like, what's the guy's name on the oh, Bears? Oh, the the, the, the Tajan? Yeah, yeah. Tyson Bajan. Bajan. The Raiders are horrendous. They beat Green Bay. Fine. Bad game, whatever. Rookie QB. Then you have a bye week to prepare... For Denver, arguably worse than the Raiders. Raiders beat Denver, right? Yeah, but Denver, Garoppolo is out for the Raiders this week. You're right. Okay, okay, fine. But 
But Denver's horrendous. And you lose to them? And it's not like Love looked good and you scored 30 points but lost 31-30. No, you didn't score. Like, you didn't score. So you lose to the Raiders. You have a bye week. And you lose to the Broncos? That's horrible. I think that the concerns around Jordan Love are, are starting to mount right now. This is the first time where Packers fans are really looking back and starting to say, we might we might have to address this this offseason. And I want to also be fair to Love when we say the whole season, we, we said he has this year to prove it. So football, we all know how quickly you can react to things. Everything can change week to week. If they go and score 30 points next week and win and beat, beat down the Vikings, it's, oh, okay, you know what? Let's 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 pump on the brakes for a second. But football is a week to week reaction, and right now when you look at it, I don't know if this team even trusts Jordan Love. You talked about the thirteen passes in the first half, Ziggy. Twelve of the thirteen passes were thrown within five yards or behind the line of scrimmage. Then, like the play calls are right now for him to just dump it off, and then every once in a while he'll go deep. And he's making poor reads there as well. So I'm not sure if LaFleur yeah. trusts him, if it's bad play call, or doesn't trust him, if it's bad play calling. There's just, there's no intermediate passing game for the Packers right now. <laughs> and right now, everything's short. I tend to give coaches the benefit of the doubt in the sense that if we haven't seen otherwise from a player, if a coach isn't was asking his player to do it, it means the player probably can't. Like I'm confident LaFleur knows sort of what Jordan Love can do in the abstract. Here's the problem, right? What were we promised of Jordan Love? We were promised that all those years of training, all those years of mental acuity would sort of help him step in and be good at making decisions right away. You know, he'd make some rookie mistakes, but he'd be the kind of guy you could rely on to process the field and make mistakes. Clearly, the Packers don't think he can do that. But it's year four. It, it, you, you, can't, know, no, if, you can't yeah, wait. I mean, he's going in like... What are they going to do? Are they going to be going into his fifth season and just hoping that there's a revelation and suddenly he can read the field? No. I mean, at a certain point, I think they have to start looking into their options now and whether it makes sense to move on. I will. I do. I do think that you give him the full season, though. You have to give. Oh, him, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah, point yeah. benching. You have him. to give. No, yeah. no. You know, they won't bench him. But I'm saying before people overreact and say, yep, we need a quarterback right now. Like, let's get our eyes on. Uh, you know, JJ McCarthy or whoever it's going to be in there for they won't they won't be bad enough to pick in the top three. But. Because the the off chance, like you said, that this is a week to week reaction. I was pretty high on Jordan Love after he came back against the Saints. I'm like, oh look at this, the off chance that Green Bay can finish ten and seven. He looks good. Like what? You, so it's tough to. Well, well, no, you, you have to give to him the full. You have now. to give him the full year because there are ups and downs. I read a really interesting article that came out, Ziggy. I wonder if you read it as well where they talked about are the Packers failing Jordan Love. And you look back and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers when they took over. Brett Favre started 2 and 5 his first year. Aaron Rodgers was 6 and 10 that season. Now Favre ended 7 and 2 and the offenses you could see sparks. You're not really seeing that with this Packers team, but the main part of the article was the team that Brett Favre took over had Sterling Sharp, had good offensive line play. Rodgers had uh, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, a young Jordy Nelson. This Packers team you know, they low-balled Devontae Adams out of town, so he's gone. The Bakhtiari is hurt. Their offensive line's banged up. It's And I think it's fair to say is Jordan Love set up for success with this team right now when your star offensive player is Aaron Jones, who's missed half this, missed most of the season as well. So when you're evaluating him, it's, yeah, he's not playing well, but he doesn't have a lot around him either when these the other quarterbacks, and I know these are legends we're talking about, but they came into systems and teams that were built to be better with the for a younger quarterback. This is a team where it's oh, we're so young, we're trying to bring them all up with the quarterback. So there are going to be mistakes all over the place and it's just a little it's it's exaggerated for love sometimes when he's playing with such young dudes. That's true, but what are his two biggest problems? Accuracy and decision. Oh yeah, no no, and that And those yeah. those are not the kinds of things that have to do with the players around him, right? I mean, we've seen it, right? You look at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That is a player where like I get that's an extreme case, but when receivers are making drops, when you look at the all 22 and they can't get an inch of separation, when they're making a good read and something fluky goes wrong, when they're under pressure half a second into the play, those are the kind of things where you say, we can't evaluate this player. Things aren't going great in Green Bay, but they're not that bad. He's got some talent around him. He should have a decent run game. He's got an okay offensive line. The issues are with Jordan Love, Mm -hmm. primarily. And boy, you know, this was the easy part of their schedule. It is. Right. I mean, starting next week, they've got, they host the Vikings, 
They host the Rams. They go to Pittsburgh. That's a loss. They host the Chargers. They go to Detroit and they host the Chiefs. There might only be one or two wins in there. No, the the clock the clock is ticking. I don't think I've I picked them to win many of those games. Isn't that nuts that you could be looking the Packers at the start of the season? Two and four. Yeah, two and four right now. They could be when they were two and one. Packers fans were thinking, you know, double digit wins, possibly contending for the North, and (laughs) now. The script is flipped, and it's all right. Are they going to win five? Is this a five-win team? Probably, probably. You're much closer to a five-win team than a ten-win team. That's absolutely, for sure. yeah. So the clock is now officially on for Jordan Love. To, like he has the season, but if he disappoints and they have a high pick, there are a lot of quarterbacks in this draft class. The pressure will be put on him immediately. So we'll we'll see what happens. It's it's a I don't want to say this is a worst case scenario for Green Bay right now, but it's pretty close to you did not want to see this, especially given the schedule you had at the moment. As a Vikings fan, here's what I think is going to happen. We thought we were going to get Aaron Rodgers. We're actually going to get Jordan Love when the Packers move <laughs> off him for their next Hall of Fame quarterback, Drake May or Caleb Williams. If the That's Packers, actually what's going to happen. If the Packers here. were that bad to get Caleb Williams, it would be an all. It would be all time bad. And you guys get Jordan it's not Love. impossible. No, I mean I'm not saying it's not, likely. They're not but it's bad not, enough. It's, if that it's not happened, impossible. I'd throw a fit. Steelers Rams 24-17 Steelers win going into the fourth quarter. Jack, your Steelers were being outgained 334 to 110. Time of possession, they were down 28 minutes to 16. And the Rams had run 21 more plays than you. And then I don't know what's been happening with the Steelers this year, but Kenny Pickett sw- flips the uh, switch. And, you know, in the second half in general, he's 11 for 12 for 152 yards. Um, but particularly that fourth quarter, two touchdown drives, he just looked automatic. Big play after big play to George Pickens. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Steelers this year. I still don't believe that they're that good of a football team. How could you not? I just, I just not? I'm watching them play every week, and it just seems like Cleveland, the two defensive touchdowns, the Ravens, you have the interception in the end zone and and eight drop passes for Baltimore. The you Rams, just, a phantom first down. The fan, the first down was horrendous at the end of the game. Yeah, but they wouldn't have scored anyway. I mean, maybe they wouldn't have. Who knows? We but were dominant. You keep finding did. ways to win, and... I'm watching the Steelers team saying, yeah, they're sitting here. What are you, four and two now? Four and two. Four and two. You go through their schedule. I want to I want to look at them and say there's no way they're oh, they're a playoff team. I next few games. It's it's the Jags, <laughs> Titans, the Packers all at home. You go through there's games that they should win here. <laughs> I think that they are they're very well in play for ten wins this year and to be in amongst playoff contenders, but I'm still not convinced that they're that good of a football team. Two weeks ago you were sitting here begging for Mitch Trubisky to play over Kenny Pickett. Are you right? Where are you right now on Steelers quarterback? No, no, Pickett. He swindled me back in after after. Uh, he was amazing in the week. fourth quarter because he was yeah he was awesome, and that's what he did a lot of the time in late games last year. He did it again. He when you Deontay Johnson was back was huge, but when Kenny Pickett has he's so underrated by the way yeah Deontay Johnson he, he's very good. But when Kenny Pickett has some time, this is a pretty bad offensive line, and it's been pretty bad most of the year, and I've been a little hard on Kenny Pickett because of that. But when he seems to have the time, which the last quarter and a half, the offensive line played well and he had the time, he looks good. He finds DJ, he finds Pickens. Those two receivers are solid receivers. His back shoulder like, throws to Pickens. Uh, are oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it runs a big band AV. <laughs> uh, Najee ran well. The biggest thing was the offensive line to me, at least in the second half, looked pretty solid, which we haven't really seen most of the season. But if we can continue that way, we can get the run game going. I like the way Canada called this game for the most part. I thought it was a good mix of run and pass, which we haven't really seen. When he takes the cuffs off of Pickett, and when Pickett has the time and he can find the guys, he throws some pretty good balls. And that's what we did. The whole second half, or last quarter and a half, was domination. Ziggy, when you look at this game, the, heading into it, the Steelers were 30th in scoring and 30th in yards per game, only converting 37% of their third downs. day at the office, looking pretty <laughs> shitty, but yeah, pulling out the dub. When you see them have these big fourth quarters and they look really good, does that give you confidence to say, okay, maybe as we go on this season, they can capture that and be consistent? Or do you think that this is just a team that's getting lucky and is going to slowly fade as the year continues? 
I've been calling the Steelers lucky all season. <laughs> so when I went in and crunched the numbers, I expected to see yet another game where they got lucky. But that's not what happened this game at all, right? They had an excellent pass defense, and they forced the Rams to play their game, right? Because they were good at defending the pass and shut down Matthew Stafford, they forced the Rams to be the sort of run-heavy offense that the Steelers love to play against. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like maybe the Rams outgained the Steelers on the ground. This is true. But it didn't matter because the Steelers are built to play that kind of game better, right? They were able to limit what the Rams were able to do. They were able to eventually sort of build up enough momentum that they had that huge scoring explosion in the fourth quarter. Explosion. Like, I mean, look, 14 points in the no, fourth no, quarter. Is, like, that's that, that's a lot of points. The yeah, fact I mean, is this point at the half. If you can if you can do something like that again, right, where you force the teams you're playing to play Steelers ball. No team in the NFL plays like the Steelers because playing like the Steelers is just kind of bad. But if you can make other people play that game, it doesn't matter if it's kind of bad because you're better at it than that. Right? Also, they made Matthew Stafford inaccurate. Great run game, great defense. It was a solid performance. Also, did you see the amount of terrible towels in that stadium? Oh, yeah. But we knew that, that, had we, we been, knew that was going to happen. That had been 99%. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't understand. Right? Back when I was a Rams fan, I remember this. When the 49ers would come to town, the Rams oh, would get false yeah. start penalties because it was too loud. Yeah, there was one play yesterday. It was we were up twenty four to seventeen, but the Rams had the ball. It was like a third down, and it was roaring. Like Stafford, Stafford. Oh yeah, no. Like we, I rewatched the game this morning. I, I, you got a big stop, and I went, "Holy crap!" It is yeah. loud in L.A. No, I mean, the Rams have to practice. They've talked about this. They have to practice silent counts for home games. That's so sad. I mean, Puka Nakua popped off, but the fact can, can that I just, go ahead. Go ahead the fact it. that oh. Cooper Cup had what like forty yards. Oh yeah, that was good. Insane. Well, Joey Porter Jr. played really well. Yeah, I've been calling for that for him for forever. <laughs> but Jack, I, I'm watching this team play, and like they get ran over by everyone on the ground. They, they're allowing every at least one receiver a week to pop up for 150 yards. The offense does nothing. They showed a graphic of non-consecutive 400-yard games for, for offenses. Tied for second were Green Bay and New England with 12. The Steelers have 53 straight or had 53 straight games. They were four times, five times higher than the second place teams. I can't I can't buy into it because they just look like dog shit for three quarters oh, every week. Here's the thing. Look at look at the AFC. You got the Chiefs and the Dolphins, right? They're they're very good. They would beat the crap out of us. I think Buffalo. But like, would like how, Buffalo, they look like crap. Do you, are you confident their, going into Buffalo in a playoff game? I think we could hang with them. Yeah, Buffalo's lost to New England. The Jags. <laughs> they have. They have. looked bad against the Giants. I mean, who else is there? The, 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 we beat Baltimore. Beat the Browns. You could play with anyone I mean, in your division. I think you go and play play tough. So there's a world that. With the schedule. What are, you saying? what are you saying? Super Bowl? No, no. We can be the number three seed in the AFC with the schedule. You could. Who? No, you could. Who Which besides, would be absurd. But who besides the Chiefs of the Look Dolphins? Ziggy's face. Yeah, but Ziggy knows that I'm right. Because there's a world we could be. But you could be one in five. Outside those two teams. They're four and two. At, this, at a certain point when you're talking about seeding, wins matter more than should have won. Oh, yeah. They're no, four no, and two. The Vikings last year. That's the Vikings saying, last like, year. Outside of the Chiefs and the Dolphins, who would kick the crap out of us, who else would you say is a surefire thing to beat us? No, I, I think I, it would be Buffalo, and that's probably. I it. mean, a bad, but no, Buffalo, Buffalo, but Buffalo can be bad. Buffalo yeah, can be bad. Like and, a crap Buffalo, and we you could, could beat, beat the Dolphins. On, you could beat the Dolphins. Kansas City's the one against the Dolphins. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. No, no, no. Hill would have three thousand yards in one game against us. We would not beat the Dolphins. <laughs> it would be Hill or Waddle. It would have to be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be in Pittsburgh. It would have to be in Pittsburgh. It would have to be. Whoever is Pat Pete? It has to be in Pittsburgh, but it wouldn't be. Whoever is Pat Pete's having four hundred yards on him. <laughs> you feel you feel good about the Dolphins versus Steelers, right? Oh yeah. I, I just don't think they're that good, but if you we know what? You, you win, so I, I you win. But I was not that bad. We got decent weapons. Our front seven, <laughs> like just the Baltimore game. Like they're all just so. You're finding ways to win, though. And I mean, you know, what? Pickett also delivers at the end of games when it matters. He does that. He's going under pressure. Under pressure, no, is like, very good. like he he says he he lives for those moments and he delivers. There are some quarterbacks like Jordan Love has had opportunities to win games this year and has not done it. Uh, Justin Herbert. We'll talk about this in a second. There's been a lot of opportunities. Now I'm not saying he's better than. Than Justin Herbert, no, I'm you, saying, know, Justin you know, I, no, Herbert has had stupid. chances as well. Like there are some quarterbacks who fail in big moments, and Pickett has done it this year. No, 
look, seven points is seven points. It doesn't matter if it comes in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. I am not inclined to give Kenny Pickett more credit just because he can only score three points in the first half and put his team in a position where they've got to do a big comeback to win. Yeah, now he pulls it off, comebacks. and that's I, I good. I think it's BS, but yeah. But what I'm giving him credit for is zero passing touchdowns this game. Like, he played well. I'm not saying he yeah, was, like, a garbage game. player. But the fact is, like, you can't overweigh what he's accomplishing in the fourth quarter because he's still not getting it done in the first Oh, I'm with, I am with you. But I'm just saying it's something. I'm not talking to you, Paul. I'm talking to Jack and every single Steelers fan in the comments who's about to say something mean about me. Hold on. No, no, I agree with you. I'd like to see a little more (laughs) well-rounded. Jack's like, Like, F this, man. We'll just have TJ Watt pick someone off at the start of the I want to see a little more well-rounded 60-minute game where he looked good for the entirety of the game as opposed to coming back late. But when you have a front front seven, I'm not going to say a defense, but a front seven as good as ours and probably the best defender in the league outside of the world beating teams, they can probably keep you in the game with most teams. And that's what has happened. And your front, your front seven is okay. You're 28th in yards for game allowed and running. Like <laughs> I think their defense is fine. I, I'm talking about pressure. Uh, yeah. Pressure in the quarterback. You, yeah. I'm look at the, the Cleveland yeah. game, the Ram, the, the Rams. Oh, yeah, I mean, we've no, we've no, been you, great at you, that. You have a one man wrecking crew. And, and if TJ Watt and some other guys who could get there once in a while. And if the secondary can just play okay, the defense keep, keep them in games. I just, just, just to let you know where this came from, because I remembered this. I was reading a Steelers column a couple weeks back from like Mark Caboli, who's one of their big national like Steelers reporters, and he says this: Pickett is a winner. That's what he does. I will take a quarterback that's good in the fourth quarter every day over a quarterback who throws for 500 yards and losing efforts. Oh, same. Like that's I, just stupid. No, no I fall it's on just agree. stupid. I fall on agree. For yeah, for for the Steelers, I don't think your defense is as good as it's. Jack, can it's you imagine a quarterback that throws for 500 yards? Oh no, I mean that was like Big Ben at two games. Jack hasn't seen yards. that since he was a, a child. Yeah, so yeah, like, are I, you telling me you wouldn't take prime Big Ben right now? Oh, one thousand percent. Jack hasn't <laughs> been of legal drinking age. One thousand Steelers having a capable offense. Let's, Never won a playoff game. Close, in, what, eight close. years. Let's close with the Chargers Chiefs. We'll keep this this brief here. Uh, to me. I believe final score. I, did, I forgot to write down here. Say it one more time. Too, Thirty-one Chiefs, seventeen. Thirty-one, seventeen. Right. Let's just put it out again. Two was picked before Herbert. Okay. <laughs> okay. The headline: the the Chiefs went thirty-one, seventeen over the Chargers, and this was a game that reflected who each of these teams were. Very much so for me. The Chargers are this team with a ton of talent on both sides of the football, but time after time, they just find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. And two examples right off the top of my head are the second and 24 with only seconds remaining in the first half. They have a pass interference in the end zone on Kelsey. Chiefs wind up going in with a little shovel pass to Travis, and and they score a touchdown right before half. Should have just been a field goal there. Then late in the game, they're trying to tie it at 24. First and goal from the eight. Can't get in. Herbert throws a pick. You don't get any points. The Chargers just find ways, unless they're playing the Vikings, who you know are, are even more masters of effing up. Unless they're playing Minnesota, it just seems that the Chargers over and over again have opportunities and can't come through. And I don't want to make it sound like I think Herbert's a bad quarterback. Herbert's a top five, you know, top seven quarterback in the NFL. But they've had chances this year against the Dolphins, game winning or game tying opportunity against the Titans. They had the ball in overtime, couldn't score. Dallas, they threw the interception. They've had their opportunities. Even against the Vikings, they failed to convert on fourth and one. And Minnesota should have won that game. It's the same story over and over and over again. And all Chargers fans are going to say, yeah, Brandon Staley's got to go get him out of there. But there's some degree of blame you have to put on Herbert and the offense here where they don't step up in big situations a lot of the time. And the whole team does make mistakes. I mean, that was the worst game of Justin Herbert's career. I think there's basically no question about this. Certainly in the past few years, maybe he had something worse his rookie year. But it was just a terrible game all around. And I'll tell you, Paul, you were mentioning this. I am willing to say that the Chargers, we don't talk about them this way, but they are a black cloud franchise without question, right? There's <laughs> yeah, a reason why charging is a term, Yeah, right? You talk about them blowing it against the Jaguars last year. You talk about like all those Dan Fouts years. You talk about that year they had the number one offense and the number one defense and couldn't make the playoffs. You talk about all their missed field goals. Like this organization just has so much bad momentum. And I don't think Brandon Staley is the guy who's going to be able to change it, right? We've consistently seen him getting more cowardly as things have gone on. 
He used to be one of the better fourth down decision makers. It didn't always work out, but he made the right call. He's turned into some coward. It's really disappointing to see. The defense, I mean, they go out and sign J.C. Jackson, this huge deal, and send him back to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Just nothing is quite going right for this team. The general managing is not good, right? They keep getting washed up players instead of guys who can actually help Herbert. Herbert can't get it done on his own. Like, things are just not going well in in Los Angeles. And every single year, right, you hear, like, this is the Chargers year where they're finally going to be able to challenge the Chiefs. This year, they'll be lucky if they can challenge the Raiders. They have a worse record. Yeah, the, the Chargers, to me, I, I look at them, and the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, I view them as, as a team that's solid. But talk about a team who can't really beat good teams. I'm going to give the Dolphins some some slack over here, but the, the yeah. Chargers are the same way, but worse. I mean, you lost to the Cowboys. They lose to the Chiefs all the time. They're more average to me now than... Than at the top of the like oh, elite range. Yeah, I mean, this, you have, this is a very you have average, to say the two and four, right? Yeah, it's a very average team. It's, it's I, I, but they wanna, shouldn't be, and that's what's yeah, infuriating no, for like, the fan base. I want to view them as a team who can beat pretty much anybody, and they can't. Who are the Who are the top six or seven quarterbacks in football right now? It's Mahomes, Lamar, Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, probably yeah. Burrow, Burrow, Jalen Hurts is in there. Herbert, I mean, yeah. Tua, Tua could be in there, like. All those teams are really good. I like. I know Buffalo and can and Cincinnati are having their problems, but they're going to be. They'll be fine. The Chargers are the only one who have a superstar quarterback. And it's like, wow, they like they they might stink. Like like there's not a lot of confidence in them making the playoffs. All those other teams, you go, yeah, they should make the the playoffs. They're the one team with a superstar quarterback who consistently find ways to lose. They're the only ones that never make the play when they have to. The Chiefs always find a way to win. The Bengals late in the year find ways to win. The Ravens are finding ways to win. Like, they're the team that stinks, <laughs> that group. Yeah, the Chargers, like, oh, Chargers, Chiefs, it should be going. It never is. Oh, Chargers, uh, Chargers, Bills, Bills going to be. I know the Bills going to be. It's, it's, they're not as good as, I, as they should be. And it's disappointing. It is crazy, too, because last year, you know, they should have been in the divisional round. It was just an absurd comeback stop them. But that's yeah. another, again, something that they do. They just can't have They blow big leads like that. It's uh, it's it's sad for Chargers fans, but you still have Justin Herbert, so you can't like they're gonna move off of Staley soon. And it's kind of a testament to the Chiefs of just how damn good they are that you really, unless you're ESPN or like you know a big Fox show, and you're talking about how how great all time they are, it's really not a ton to talk about with Kansas City other than them just being really good all the time. No, I mean, Patrick Mahomes put up, what, 425 yards and four touchdowns, and all we could talk about was Taylor Swift. Yeah, and him and, him and Kelsey had 28 straight connections on their targets. It was, it's the 0.03% chance of that happening in football. I'm going to get tired of all this Taylor Swift stuff. The Taylor Swift stuff? In, in, in the NFL, yeah. I, I didn't actually really pay attention to it this week. Look, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's kind of dumb when, when Mahomes scrambles for like a nine-yard gain or whatever. <laughs> They got to pan up to Swift and Mahomes' wife. I mean, I just think it's stupid. I mean, it's the, it's the new the new audience. There was a nice stat yeah. on it, like every game that Swift has been to, like Kelsey has like a hundred and like twenty five yards <laughs> receiving. He, every every game. Oh, yeah, he's averaging not, like forty yards more when she's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she, she's she hasn't quite learned football though, right? Because when I remember this play it was that pass interference call you were talking about, Paul, where like Kelsey took a hit in the end zone, dropped the ball on pass interference. <laughs> Taylor Swift just like puts her head over hands and she's like kind of worried. <laughs> Brittany Mahomes, on the other hand, she knows what's up. She's worried that the ball wasn't caught. And then once the flag is thrown, she starts going wild. Taylor Swift will be there soon enough. She's starting to learn the rules of football. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really care about the, the Taylor Swift stuff. It, like it's, it's entertaining to me. I, I find it kind of pretty funny still. But the Chiefs, yeah, they're just, you know, the the, the engine keeps on rolling. Like, like, they're just, they're, they're probably still the best team in the NFL. Yeah, they're just yeah. awesome. Mahomes had a throw yesterday where he was running left, and he does this all the time, but he was running left and, like, sort of sidearmed it in a 15-yard pass. It might have gone to Scantling. I can't remember who. And I was just going, like, yeah, no one no one does this, except maybe Caleb Williams. Doesn't even pick it. <laughs> but no one does that. He's just so damn good, and... uh yeah, that game against the Dolphins in a couple weeks. It's your chance, Zach. We're going to smoke him. Ramsey will be back. Go for the king. Best not miss. Ramsey 
We'll be back. We will absolutely smoke. Is that what time is that game at? Nine thirty. That's that's the one like nine thirty a.m. game that I will wake up for. Is Germany the same time as London? No, the same. It's probably what two like an hour. It's two hours. An hour back. Oh, okay. I actually, yeah, I think it's in Berlin, right? Actually, yeah. I don't know where it is in Germany. Is it? It probably is Berlin. Berlin is in Germany. Yeah, probably. No, no, I, I don't know where <laughs> no, no, it is. No, 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 no. I'm just messing is it with Munich? you. Uh, I think it is Munich. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe Munich. It is Munich. Are you going, Zach? Zach I think, time, that, I think Munich's only one hour. It's one hour, so six hours? Yeah, it's one hour ahead. So, yeah, but I. London. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. What time is it in Munich right now? Does anyone know? I, don't know. I, I ain't doing math. Oh, all right. I thought you had a computer in front of you. I thought. Pretty sure it's like 340. Yeah, it's probably. Th- 340 in the morning. Yeah, so this is a 330 kickoff in Munich. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that college football Saturday, 330 slot. That's what, it is, what it's like. If the game is played at 730 in Munich, 730 p.m., but it's a 1 o'clock, 130 kickoff here, and Kirk Cousins is playing in the game, does that count as a primetime game for Kirk? It is a primetime game. Right? It's yeah, because I mean, it's at night there. Yeah. So yeah. It would have to. Yeah, of course. I wonder if I wonder if that curse for Kirk, which I don't think exists, by the way, but I wonder if that you know alleged curse for Kirk applies in international territory. I'm sure it does because the Vikings are unreal. Remember how good the Vikings are internationally? And you pounded us in London. Yeah, we're great internationally. We beat the Browns too. Like we are Europe's team. Well, you're good in London. You're not played in Germany yet, though. Is that when you did the chain? Is that when uh, Kirk chains came out? I think yes. no, Kirk. Oh, there's another flight that... home from London. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. Well, the Vikings ever lost an international game? Not, I don't know how many we've been in. I mean, I have to imagine in Germany there. That just feels way more like you know oh, Viking esque. There's no you've lost a game in Germany. No, no. This is the first <laughs> game played. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I'm I just know, imagining Kirk, you know, <laughs> okay. throwing for five hundred and five and just having a pint of beer in his hand after, like going to Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. Yo, see the oh Vikings gosh, have never lost Kirk an international like, game. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you'd be a lock. I'd bet on you. All right, oh, well. let's let's lap, wrap up. Yeah, we just lost some. Let's wrap up the show. Yeah, probably it is. We'll see what happens. Thanks again for listening to this episode. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Subscriptions are uh, really important to us. Just tell a friend about the show. That's actually most important. If you could tell a friend that you like this uh, this podcast for whatever reason, we appreciate yeah, it. A reason maybe. It's very nice. Yeah, it could be multiple reasons. Or if you hate it and you, you just want to tell someone how much you hate this podcast, it's fine too. I'll probably, I actually might get you to listen more than if you said you liked it. Tell a friend to tell a friend. So we will see you guys for the week eight prediction show. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.